everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Respectfully Disagree. So, as 2021 comes to an end, many, many things have changed and our definition of normal is entirely different post the pandemic. But one thing that seems to have remained the same, if not outright taken over our lives, is influencer culture. <laughs> so this week, we're going to be reflecting on influencers and whether they have ruined entertainment. It's a strong <laughs> title, we know, but we have very, very strong feelings about this. So to start off with, let's ask everyone, just simple yes or no, have influencers ruined entertainment? This is Shishti, your host, by the way. Hi, this is Rohita, and I think definitely yes, um, without a doubt, because it just, the whole vibe is just so mediocre and repetitive, and I just cannot abide it. Yeah, it's Carla, unequivocally, yes. I will have to say no, uh, just to be the contrary. I have mixed feelings, as in like, yeah, I, I don't think it's an outright yes for me, which makes me the opposer by default. <laughs> but to start off with, I think let's talk about like who slash what is an influencer and when did influencer culture even become a thing? Okay, so before we actually go a little bit into the history of it, like just as a fun thought exercise, do either of you have like a particular moment or an incident or an event which made you think that, oh my God, influencers are everywhere and this thing is just like, it's become, it's going out of hand. I think maybe it was amplified during the pandemic when all you could see on Instagram were like these reels with like these bits of a song, like the dance reels where everybody's doing the exact same, exactly the same thing. It was unbearable, but you couldn't stop watching it. And then it was like, what is happening? I remember that whole Caroline Calloway debacle when she was like holding some sort of forum or workshops for her followers to try to like teach them how to be great, you know, Instagram influencers. And then it turns out that she had like defrauded everybody and she fed them like one rotten yogurt at the workshop and like had taken all their money. And it was this whole blow up. But I mean, the it, it sort of revealed the absurdity of like trusting somebody who happened to amass something of a social media following as if they were some sort of like communications and PR expert and were in a position to like dictate to others, um, you know, how and how and what they should represent about themselves online. And that this somehow she was like a savvy businesswoman, which she was clearly proven to not be any of those things. I think with her also, it was like, uh, after that hit piece that her friend did on about her, um, she she kind of positioned herself as like an anti-influencer, influencer, which was, she tried to be like ironic and self-aware and uh, critique influencer culture while being an influencer, which was just like absurd. It was just going in circles and just really, really tiresome to watch. Yeah, I think for me, it was like the Fire Festival in 2017, which is like this failed luxury music festival, which there are like, multiple documentaries about also it failing <laughs> and uh, basically it was like this luxury music festival and like you were mentioning Caroline Calloway's workshops there's this image of the sandwiches that were served at the festival where it was like cheese and bread <laughs> and tomatoes just like on a plate looking quite unappetizing and Bella Hadid and Kendall Jenner, Hailey Baldwin a lot of these like you know huge influencers had like promoted that 
festival and initially not revealed that they were paid to do it and i think that was also the time that the whole you know a uh, conversation around like should influencers reveal what they're paid and not paid to do had kind of blown up but now of course like most of them follow the practice of saying like paid or advertisement or whatever at least in the us in india i think it's still a little more like here and there okay i just remembered a really important moment like a turning point for me so um do you know so i know that like tabloid culture is not as pervasive in india as it is in the states and the states is very bad but i'm sure you've seen those columns um in the american tabloids where they say stars they're just like us right and then they have you know giselle bunchen like coming out of the gym and she's sweating and she's like walking out with her water and her towel and whatever and then you know so it shows like celebrities in these everyday moments and then you're supposed to sort of connect with them and find them relatable and be like oh yeah they're just like us right so somebody i know uh did a very very short internship at this company in new york that at the time was like the premier sort of blue chip company that would connect uh influencers with brands right and so they would be the sort of liaison that would connect them for these particular endorsement deals but because we had sort of moved away from traditional endorsement deals to social media endorsement deals it was all kind of like undercover and what i realized when my friend told me about this is that every single thing you see in a tabloid is product placement and that's what i had not realized before i had not realized that when you see giselle bunchen coming out of the gym all sweaty and she's got the towel over her shoulder and she's holding a bottle of water that water company paid for her to walk out of the gym holding that water bottle just so so that when the paparazzi click that picture and it seems totally candid it appears like she just drinks that water all the time and they pay extra for it to look so natural and organic and like just part of her normal routine and when i found that out it completely blew my mind because that's when i realized that we were getting played by everybody that's actually so interesting gala but actually that makes an interesting point about how i guess influencer culture lays bare a lot of these things which in traditional media like which have always been a part of like media practices and we just haven't known it because we don't know the inner workings of um the media so much but we'll get to that a little bit later so first i think we clearly had a lot to say about that moment but just to kind of define you know what um influencers are and when influencer culture became a thing it was essentially in the past decade um since the 2000s pretty much instagram was the first platform uh, where this storm influencer came to be where if you have um more than 100,000 followers you're considered an influencer and then there are also concepts like micro influencer which is if you have like a smaller smaller following but but a more influential one like if you're a photographer or a luxury designer or what not um so the idea of an influencer was originally associated with instagram and then slowly it kind of you know there was tiktok and then now there are reels on instagram and then there became a kind of collab between like twitter and instagram and youtube and all of these different things but basically it's people on social media with a large following and large amounts of engagement um so let's talk about this like where does your problem with influencer culture stem from right like if you had to say the one biggest issue with it or if you had to articulate it in a line like what would it be Okay I just remembered an example that I think would work 
as my reason um i remember this i think i was it was last year where a friend of mine she sent me this reel by this influencer named maso miniwala i think she's like a fashion i don't know what kind of influencer she is i think yeah fashion maybe and her reel was basically just uh it was like i love bags and then she was like showing off like her prada bag her louis vuitton bag her chanel bag like she was saying all of this she was like chanel louis vuitton prada and then she it was that's all the reel was it was just showing us all her bags and saying that she loves bags and then that's all and then it there's nothing after that and it was like what did i just see is this is this satire is this parody i don't understand this and then it was actually serious because it looked like such a farce but then it was serious and then i realized i don't know what influences are but but i don't want it okay i'll tell you my one line version of what i don't like about it it's it's dishonest it's inauthentic and dishonest and and it feels like for people who fall like prey to sort of what this influencer economy is they are buying into a reality that doesn't exist right they're being sold something that doesn't exist it's fake and rohita i mean i agree with you. so it's like what you described is like disgustingly consumerist but it's also incredibly dishonest because many of these people are not actually shopping that way in real life right they're making it seem like oh i just this is just a tuesday afternoon and like what i bought no they're getting this stuff for free they're promoting it they're advertising it for these companies right like their lifestyles are not really what they're putting out there and why are they lying to people about their lifestyles so they can get free shit which just seems so unbelievably like self-centered and like what is, what purpose does it serve for the rest of society Your point about dishonesty reminded me of this um other thing that I noticed about influencers where you have like beauty influencers, fashion, fitness and even skincare and they try to kind of like redefine what it means uh in in like these woke terms. They say things like uh beauty is how you define it or fitness is not about losing weight, it's about feeling good. But then they just kind of define it, they try to redefine it but then they still define it the same way that everyone else has been and has been trying to challenge for a really long time but it's couched in this language that makes people feel okay maybe yeah fitness is about feeling good and not losing weight but at the end of the day it is about what they are promoting is about losing weight um because there are still these before and after pictures and reels and all of that and it's just very very toxic and yeah Do you think that we're generalizing though as in do you think that there are I mean say just even within this fitness example right like I think there is someone like a Samira Reddy um who I personally quite like I think it's really nice to see like a Bollywood actor who is like a mainstream masala film heroine to just kind of flaunt her actual body which is not like photo tuned or photoshopped and who actually talks about her fitness journey as kind of just like working out every day and trying to have like a good fitness level and it has nothing to do with like how your body looks as a result of that regime so would you say that it is generalizing by saying like all of them are like that because i think arguably someone like her has a huge i'd say has a huge impact and has a way to tell their story as an influencer in a way that she w- wouldn't and clearly didn't as um, you know a mainstream actor in bollywood and and um, in you know i think telugu and tamil cinema also 
So Shushti, sorry, I I actually don't know her, but I feel like I have to jump in and like offer a distinction for me, which is that to me, that's not, she's not an influencer. She is, she may be an influential person. She may be a person with influence, but a person with influence is different from an influencer. So to me, a person with influence may be somebody who is well known for their career or a skill or a talent. And by virtue of that celebrity or by virtue of being a person of note for whatever that those accomplishments are, they have some sort of sway or influence. I think that to me, that's very different from somebody who's main occupation and career and purpose is to literally be an influencer. But Carla, like now that is her main career and occupation and purpose and this new avatar of hers, she was only able to create through her in Instagram account. Um, and I mean, she doesn't call herself an influencer. Like I'm just looking at her bio now, but she's pretty much been able to recreate this whole thing within the influencer kind of uh framework you know what I mean like otherwise she would never have been able to achieve this kind of an alternate persona that she has been through taking charge of her own narrative and having her own like Instagram account but I think it's still another way of of acquiring social capital no I mean it's not it's uh, and it is still dishonest to me because she's still you know conventionally attractive she's still um I don't know, like, I just find something really disingenuous about people who use, like, body positivity while not, while while basically being of, like, a regular body type. Um, and it doesn't matter where she came from. I mean, she is still getting legitimacy. She is still getting social cloud and capital from this new, I don't know, remodeling of her image. And she is still making, I mean, I think the the thing about influencers is that the person is the brand and her brand now is this. And so I, I still don't think it makes a difference. It makes a slight difference because of where she came from, I guess, and like her background in in films. And she didn't like start as an influencer. But otherwise, yeah, I think it's, yeah. That's interesting because I think it kind of brings us to the main question because I guess what we're talking about is a broader critique right now, like of influencer culture, right? But this brings us to the main kind of crux of what we're talking about, which is how has it impacted like the business and art of entertainment. And arguably over here, I think based on what you're saying, Rohita, not only is there a certain kind of content, like vapid content creation with the same audio, people doing the same steps, like this repetitiveness to it, which has become, you know, very, very predominant. But it's actually changed the way in which the book publishing industry, the movie industry, the TV industry work, right? Like, because now um, influencers are being cast in movies and TV shows. I mean, for example, Ekta Kapoor is taking TikTok influencers in all Balaji shows. You have someone like a mostly sane Prajakta Kohli, you know, being cast as a character in Bollywood films. You have someone like a Dolly Singh playing like an influencer in films, right? And actually making fun of how influence, like, what you all pointed out about the lack of authenticity becomes like a funny plot point in that um, exploration of influencer culture. But undoubtedly, they're changing the way in which movies are promoted and even made. And I think uh, equally, I mean, I don't know why it disturbs me more when it comes to books, because I feel like there the credibility is even less. But like influencers writing books and that becoming like, you know, a mainstay for the publishing industry, which is... Um, 
quite disturbing that's also like a huge huge trend um so i mean what do we think about that like why is it that influencers are becoming such an important part of the entertainment narrative today i mean it's just so horrible <laughs> i think it speaks to like our our complete like lack of ability to like you know focus for extended periods of time and to like struggle intellectually and to like you know to want things to just be easy and fast and brainless and maybe it's a product of just being stressed out and overwhelmed by the, the state of the world that people just want something mind numbing right but i like i struggle with this a little bit because i don't want to take the fuddy duddy position that like isn't you know isn't the fact that tiktok stars are taking over the world so horrible i think that there's value in that type of entertainment in and of itself right so if it stayed in the platforms that it was made for then i think it's great and it has a lot of value and it's perfectly fine i don't look down on it at all i think the issue that all of us probably have with it is the fact that it's like bleeding into other forms of art and culture that don't need to, we don't need everything to be homogenous we don't need it all to be the same and i think that's the problem is that it's starting to all feel like you know this taking over everything and i think also the way um the platforms are designed it's it's designed to it get to kind of shorten our attention spans i mean we speak about the attention economy and all of that and i think um influencer content fuels this further um i mean it plays an active role because it is profitable at the end of the day and so that kind of makes that goes back to the thing i was saying earlier about mediocrity it's just there's there's no innovate there's no inventiveness or creativity in any of these things there's nothing that we see that's like that blows our minds because it's just so wonderful and thought provoking and i mean not everything has to be like that something can just be a spectacle and really beautiful and really nice to watch or look at i don't know but like um what what we see is just this formulaic thing that I don't know it it's like a it's like a brain worm it just like creeps in it's, it's just if it's just terrible and you know Rohit I remember that moment in like internet culture history where um people were doing those flash mobs right and like those didn't have some great intellectual heft but they brought us pure joy like it was like an easy entertainment and like moments of elation as you watch these things unfold and that was that that was all it was candy for your brain but the insidious thing about influencers which is completely different from that type of you know internet entertainment is that they're trying to sell us things all the time and 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 again in that like very deceptive way so it's not entertainment for entertainment's sake it's entertainment for consumerism's sake and so there's something kind of you know doubly icky about that type of deception it also reduces the distance between like a product and the consumer right because they are the brand and they are the consumer and they like foster these interpersonal interactions with uh, their followers um where you know they're so much more accessible than like your typical celebrity or your brand or stuff that you usually set out to intentionally buy but i mean there's this sense of closeness like in a community like you always hear influencers talking about like i built this little community and has grown into this thing and it's just like 
and yeah you built it to sell more people stuff i mean it's just really really insidious because and very manipulative also right and to make more money for yourself and get more free bags for yourself right i mean that's the ultimate goal but tell me something like i have a question now right like how does this differ from star culture right like where again we know that you make films around i mean in india for the longest time it was sharuk sanman amit representing the different brands of mainstream entertainment and you made films depending on like which feel, which hero you, on how your story can hit, fit, fit the image that people have of the hero which till today remains the case for someone like a salman khan right the same thing goes with like brand endorsements like you had you know anushka sharma at one point when she started out was like this quote and quote bubbly punjabi girl who was selling you everything from like perk to anti dandruff shampoo you know with like hey yo take this so i mean how do you think it's different from that because it's if anything hasn't it opened up who gets to be a star and opened up a little bit of like the processes of that by making it like I don't know. I also disagree with this question a little bit, but I have to put it out there for the sake of debate. Wait, why don't you tell us first why you disagree with it? Um, no, my disagreement with it is only because I think that I mean it doesn't change what's happening behind the scenes or how films are. It doesn't change what's wrong with entertainment, but it gives the semblance of oh, it's more democratic now. Oh, like TikTok influencers are starring in shows now, but it's the same kind of people. And if you look at you know. the class dynamics and what you're selling i think even when you're not selling anything you're selling your lifestyle right like home videos are a huge thing like whose home is pretty to look at you know like who can afford to sit and like change five outfits a day for you on camera who can afford the kind of equipment which will make you look good on screen and and stuff like that who has the time spare time to sit and make these videos and create a channel or whatever so i mean i think my disagreement comes from there but i still I'm still trying to understand, like, what is the difference between star culture and influencer culture, and how they impact entertainment. I think with star culture, I, again, it goes to the question of distance. There was that distance; they were so much farther away from us and completely unreachable, untouchable. You just couldn't be where they are. And um, also, the ads that they did were very, very blatant. They literally held the product in the hand. They're like, "This is." what i'm selling to you and this is actually good so you can buy it if you want and it's like i mean i don't know how many people obviously it was influential i mean there's that critique of all of these fairness creams for that reason but uh with influencers it's it's much more subtle and much more um again it's like you draw all of these people in with the premise that you are their friend and you you are one of them and you are like a middle class person who's made it big on social media and uh now you 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 i mean you know we're all one big community together and then you start like these reels and then in the end you realize that they are selling you something and then or you know like you said that the it's the clothes or the houses that they show off and then in the in the caption they'll be like hair and makeup by dash and then um top by dash jewelry by dash and then it's like it's ever, it's just very omnipresent it's not like a very sub, like distinct thing where you're like the ad stops and starts and ends here it's it's ongoing and again to that i'm back to my point about deception because i think people also don't realize 
the number of lies, the cascading lies that go into creating these online personas, right? And then um, you've seen that uh, that documentary. Don't you remember that? I think it's an HBO documentary where they look at three different people. It was like this documentary filmmaker. Fake famous. Fake famous, right. And he set out to like cast three very, quote, ordinary people and see if he could like, you know, using, pulling all the various levers at your disposal, make them sort of Insta famous. And one of the scenes that was just so funny is how they kind of made this young woman look like she was enjoying this like fabulous poolside afternoon drinking champagne. And they had her kind of like lay down basically and put her head in a bucket, like in the backyard. And then they just geotagged it like some super fancy five-star hotel in LA. And so it looked like she was spending the afternoon sipping champagne in this hotel. And it was all a big fat lie, right? And there was this famous thing that people lie about. They all geotag um, this hotel in the south of France, this like Cap Ferra hotel, which is like where everybody stays for the Cannes Film Festival. It's like this super, super fancy, super expensive hotel. And apparently it's like this huge thing in influencer culture that people get nearby and take these elaborate photos and then they geotag it so that it appears that they've been able to afford to stay at this hotel. It's absurd. Yeah, and it speaks to how like you're being sold a lifestyle by people who are supposed to be like you. But the lifestyle that they are selling is so far from anything that is attainable that it just makes people feel miserable. At least with stars, you know that they have the money to afford it. But with influencers you don't know anything about their background or their net worth or there's nothing about them in the public domain it's just them i mean they are their own paparazzi and pr person and everything and there's nothing that anyone else can sort of tell us about them and debunk that so i have this question right though about uh, which actually stems from criticism of fake famous the documentary that you were mentioning gala but from that, we can have a broader conversation about where this condescension towards influencers comes from, right? Like, so Stephanie McNeil, a BuzzFeed news reporter, wrote this criticism piece. I mean, wrote this piece about the docu saying that it's really condescending towards influencers. Um, it's used influencers' content with, without their permission. And um, which it's, it's tricky terrain. But anyway, it's used their content without their permission. And she points out that it's like, you know, kind of sneering and looking down at an industry that has been primarily built and run by women. Um, and where, of course, while this thing happens with like fake followers and, you know, bots and all of that, that's also not the entire reality of the ecosystem, right? So, I mean, what do you think about that? Like, is that kind of criticism valid? Um, and, I mean, does the fact that this industry is women-led and women run does that let it get away with anything or is that one of those you know pseudo-feminist red herrings pseudo-feminist red herring hugely because who does who does influencer culture from a from a purely capitalist perspective which industries does it serve predominantly beauty and fashion right and beauty and fashion who are the consumers of beauty and fashion women like this is why women are the biggest influencers and women are consuming this influencer content the most because beauty and fashion are the main industries that are being sort of sold to you or marketed to you through influencers so it seems like completely obvious to me and i don't think to your earlier point Trishti, that 
many of these influencer, influencers are really holding any real power, right? There's such a tiny, tiny, tiny rarefied circle of influencers who have actually parlayed their influencing into like mega careers. And I don't know that they've been able to do anything good for others with that power. I mean, as a counterpoint to that, I think before you also jump in, Ruta, like, don't you think it makes a difference to the nature of the entertainment industry? Like, since what we're talking about is how does it, like, has it ruined entertainment? Do you think it makes a difference to, like, power dynamics in the entertainment industry when you have, like, women actors who otherwise do not enjoy that kind of power? Having, like, millions more followers than their male counterparts, you know, and being able to build much more of like a brand online than their male counterparts did. I mean, I, I mean, I've always wondered like what, how different would, would things have been if social media would have been around when you had a Madhuri Dixit or you had a, Ra- a Rekha or a Sri Devi, you know, like how would their power and influence and their narratives be different if they were out there telling, you know, their versions of their stories, which are nonetheless crafted, but they have much more control with their personal teams and whatever. And now we are seeing, like, it could be one of the factors, right? Like, where you have, in today's era, I think you have a Deepika Padukone, you have an Anushka Sharma, you have a Priyanka Chopra, where their influence online plays a huge role in cultivating the personas that they have. And, you know, they're able to sell. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, of course, it's all selling a narrative, but it does give them more power in within the entertainment industry. I, I don't know what you feel about that. No, I think, I mean, it's the same thing. It's um, when we look at the beauty of the fashion industry, it's the face of it is all women. But which women, right? Like it's thin, able-bodied, beautiful women. And the people in the boardrooms of these companies, the, the corporates, the suits are the ones who are profiting off of the image that the women kind of represent. Um, and it also, again, fl- fuels the same toxic beauty standards and everything all the critiques that we've spoken about endlessly it it still applies it doesn't matter that fashion and beauty is something that we predominantly associate with women and i think it's the same with influencers where and you know just because we see a lot more women in it it doesn't mean it's democratic or anything especially when you think about like which women because it's still a very very uh, privileged slice of society um you only see again cis upper class upper caste uh, mostly able-bodied um influencers make it big and when we had tiktok uh tiktok was actually the butt of jokes uh, on social media where you know people kind of like made fun of it for being tacky and i don't know because because it was it's its primary user base was people from tier two and three cities um, and they made like these uh, sketches which people considered I don't know just low bro um, and yeah like the, why was that derided and why are influencers uh, put on a pedestal it also speaks to which people we are giving the, the power of influence and which ones we gatekeep hundred percent and it goes back to the point that you made right like that ultimately i mean that both of you have been making about like ultimately it's about what they can sell and how well they can sell it which is why someone you know who is a tiktok influencer with a certain amount of influence and in 
certain uh, socio-economic groups would not get the same kind of leverage as, uh, you know, a Komal Pandey or a Pushaka Pilla with a smaller following, but just with a more kind of targeting people who have more purchasing power. Komal Pandey is my guilty pleasure. <laughs> I saw her do one of those like five ways to wear whatever. And I was like, oh my God, this is so fun. <laughs> So I will say, I mean, you know, <laughs> there's other commentary to be made about that. But to me, I was like, okay, at least this is useful. Like I'm, I'm getting something, I'm learning something from these videos. So as opposed to other ones where I'm just supposed to admire somebody's Chanel handbag or whatever they're unboxing, you know, at least with hers, I was like, oh, okay. I learned a new way to wear some trousers that I have that I hadn't thought of before. <laughs> so I'm very entertained by her. But yeah, I mean, with Komal Pandey, like she, she wears like trench coats on like a swimsuit and says, this is how you can like go out into the world. Like, how do you do that? You can't realistically do that. Nobody can do that. It's just really weird. I'm not going to defend it. I'm just entertained by it. <laughs> but Rohita, it's pushing. I mean, come on, it's changing society as we know it, you know, like pushing us towards a revolution if all of us decide to wear trench coats with swimsuits and go out onto the streets, taking back <laughs> our, our right to dress the way we want. Okay, but on a serious note, I mean, it's interesting that you bring that up, Carla, because there is a lot to be said about like how people innovate with um, you know, Instagram Reels or whatever tools they use and how this does make, I mean, social media has made, like, essentially, I think TikTok is meant to be an editing app, right? Like, it was introduced as a means to, like, teach people how to edit. I think even when you read its original descriptions and all of that, it was meant to be uh, an editing app. And you do see people, you know, innovating a lot and coming up with stuff which is really entertaining. Like, bottom line, it it like makes you have a good time. It, it distracts you, like you have fun. Is there value in that? Or do you think it takes away from the right kind of entertainment? I think the issue also lies in the fact that the kind of um, like influencer content, which is supposed to be pure entertainment, tries to do too many things at once. It tries to juggle too many things. So depending on like the cultural moment, they lean into that particular idea and they end up diluting something really powerful that might be happening um, outside. Like I'm thinking about like Black Lives Matter and how everybody was just talking about Black Lives Like all the influencers just co-opted that and made content out of that and just like tried to again it was just for their own personal branding. So, I mean, it has this tendency to uh, make their entertainment more credible by using these things as like tools or props to, um, I don't know, promote themselves more. Because at the end of the day, they are a brand. Um, so it does more harm on that on, in that sense because it ends up diluting something which didn't, which wasn't supposed to come into this sphere at all. So I have to say on this point, I, I think that thankfully users are becoming more and more savvy 
And I think that people's followers see through it completely. Um, when when people put, you know, a, a political stance out there that's like expedient in the moment, but it's clear that they're not doing the real work ever behind the scenes, right? Or other than that one post or whatever, I think people are really seeing through it. Um, and And I think like the harm that these influencers are doing is far more on the sort of consumerist body image, you know, making people feel bad about their lives. Again, this sort of like gatekeeping of culture, the sort of whose kitchen gets to be seen. You know, there's sort of all these like elitist problems that are tied up in it. But I actually don't think that people are going to their influencers for politics, thankfully. Um, I think users are like smarter than that. But there's also this thing happening, right, where there are some Instagram or Twitter, like social media pages that are supposed to be educational and um, social justice um, which end up having to make their content entertaining. Like they use these reels that are popular. I mean, I don't know, like you, you must have seen, right, like people will be talking about, I don't know, a particular act that's being passed in parliament but like they'll do this 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 and then like all the information appears while there's like distracting music in the background and this person is literally dancing and telling you about something that's going to change like everybody's lives maybe in when when it's going to be passed and it's like a way of of conveying information then ends up i don't know i think there is something to be said for maybe i don't know making information more accessible but there is also like a death of nuance over there where you just don't understand an issue enough to like form an opinion on it and you just know it's happening because this dancing person is telling you um, and pointing at a thing on like a floating cloud like I don't know thing on the screen yeah I I totally agree with that and I think recently there there were all of these uh, a couple of pieces about like the dangers of expecting journalists to also be like influencers and, and we see the impact of that right like it's it's not a positive thing when you have to sell your brand as a journalist to be able to tell a story the brand of the journalist should not matter the lines have just blurred like crazy and I think when it comes to art like the biggest discomfort I have is that it it actually takes all of us as a society I think away from thinking about a piece of like it makes our tendency to go towards an individual stronger rather than to create. I think what's inherently exciting about entertainment and art is that it, it it's a comment on how society works, right? And it's a reflection on relationships, on, on the way people are with each other. Influencer culture makes it more and more about the me, about the one person and what they represent on screen. So it makes actually star culture, I think, much, much, much worse than it initially was or has been i think that's the clincher and we brought you over to our side (laughs) on that note we're done yeah okay on that note see you again next time you might catch yourself going and watching a reel now but maybe we will be too (laughs) and we all know what carla's secret guilty pleasure reels are now (laughs) guilty you caught me